It's S-W-O-P-E-S My crew, my boo, my weed's the best So ahead of my time, you can't see me yet But the last thing you'll ever see is me be stressed mm. Hey, hey, hey everybody, it's your girl Elise Swopes And welcome back to my podcast It's been a minute, my bad <laughs> I haven't chatted with you since March It's September, we're about to hit October I've been busy and I know you have too. We're out here surviving. There's so much going on. My goodness. I've been well though. I've been doing really good. Really just focused, really happy. And I graduated college in May. Oh my gosh. But we'll talk about all of that in a second. But I hope you're well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope you're feeling good. And if you're not, there's always room to change. Just to intro about this, this podcast is actually coinciding with a project that I'm doing with Logitech. And, you know, I decided to highlight my podcast making in, you know, in, in lieu of having to also highlight some projects or some products that Logitech gave me. And so I am also doing a content creation based on this podcast. And the podcast isn't sponsored by Logitech, but I thought it would be a really cool way to make my content authentic, interesting, and just, you know, me. So <laughs> I thought I would include a podcast that also talked about just like how to make your space comfortable, why comfort in a workspace is crucial, especially at home or wherever you're at. I think the coolest thing about Logitech, in my opinion, and it is why I've worked with them for years now, over two, three years, is that their products are actually, you know, made for people like me and like you. And they really want to make sure that comfort is key and it is essential to the way that they create their products. So inspired by that, I created this first kind of little intro to the podcast to talk about, you know, why is creating a comfy, cozy space crucial to to our productivity? You know, how, how does that create a positive atmosphere? But it does. It, it, it really does. It, it improves our motivation, our creativity. It really creates a greater will for good results. And it's, it helps better focus. It reduces distractions and helps efficiency. And I think personally, it's super important to, to also have like flexibility in your space and to have the ability to, to move around. What I like to do in my space just to get it comfortable is really think about the different senses that I can kind of tap into. And when you think about you know, your workspace or any space in general, you're really thinking about how each room has a purpose right? It, I mean, you go into the kitchen and you say, okay, this is, this is what I do in the kitchen. I make food in the kitchen. It's got all the proper kitchen utensils. It's got all the kitchen items. And so when you think about your workspace, you also want to consider, you know, how are you unblurring those lines to, to really increase motivation in that room? And so you're putting things in the space that are, 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 are hitting all the senses to, to allow presence to begin. And so presence in its essence to me personally is really connecting with the senses again. So, you know, connecting with sight, you know, what is around you? What is comfortable for you to look at and smell? I love having a candle around me. It is extremely essential to really a lot of the things that I do from my morning routine to, you know, yoga to even sitting at my desk. Honestly, I, I have a candle lit right now while I'm recording this podcast because it really just sets the mood. 
Now, you also want to hit into the, you know, the touch sense. What feels good to touch and to sit? I mean, I've got this really cute little fluffy pillow that I always have at my desk that I am looking at right now that needs to definitely be replaced because I've had it so long and my cats lay on it and it's really looking kind of crazy. But it is something that, you know, is cute. It's like a heart-shaped little fluffy thing. And then I also have a little like faux fur blanket, like on these little seat, you know, just different things. And then also sound, you know, what, what makes you comfortable to hear? I usually have a lot of rain noise or different like speakers and, you know, different things that kind of allow me to either check in or check out, you know, allowing yourself to have a closed door if possible. And then also taste, having some snacks, having some water, having some, you know, drinks and things that will really make you also feel cozy and at home and, and you know, reminisce even in a good space of, of when you were feeling cozy and happy. You know, choosing those references are, are absolutely key to considering how you want your space to feel. Now, when we're talking about products like Logitech, you know, there's so many different options and at the end of the day, I think it's it's really exciting to know that we can have this opportunity to really be more intentional with our space, think about what kind of things we need to feel more comfortable, thinking about what kind of things we need that will make us more motivated to actually act and get to our goals. And, you know, that's what this is all about. So getting to our goals is essential and not just in the way that we, we have to be busy, but in the way that we want to be busy. All right, all right. Well, let's get into the business of, you know, what I've been up to. Honestly, I, this is funny because the last time I kind of did like a little recap of my year, I went through my iCal and I basically just like picked out a bunch of things that I thought were highlights of things that were in my calendar. So... <laughs> I have no idea what I've done this year without looking back at my calendar. At this point, the only way I can do anything is if it's in my calendar. I don't, I have, I really don't know what's going on. And that also is, is the sign of as much presence as possible, I guess, <laughs> in what I'm trying to do and where I'm at and who I'm with. But, you know, that's a whole other story. But yeah, it's been since March since I've chatted with you. I hope you've been doing well, like I said. But, you know, I've been busy. I've been doing a lot of things, and one of the first things I did after we spoke last was an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, which actually went to print, and I think there's this talker named Bella Porch who's on the cover, so if you see that that one, you should grab it because you'll see me in there highlighted about my work and NFTs, which is really exciting, and that was also in partnership with Meta, which is cool. Shout out to Meta, I guess. Maybe not so much, you know, Lizard Man, but I digress. <laughs> but they definitely like to highlight your girls, so I always appreciate Instagram and Meta. But, you know, after that, we were really kind of like continuing the development of our, and I say our, my, it, this is my creative agency and NFTs. It's called Sunrise Art Club. You know, we just started another project called Night on the Yard, which we kind of started talking about it in like November 2021, but you know, we were we we decided to create a marketplace for incarcerated artists. And it's not easy to start something like that. There's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of money required. And so, you know, getting the funding, making sure we had 
a lot of a lot of the things planned and prepped that we needed to do, and then also communicating with the artists. We had over nineteen different artists, maybe fifteen. I think I'm confusing the amount of, of pieces that we had at NFTs because some created more than others, but. We had to talk with them. We had to give them contracts. We had to make sure that we collected the art from them. And that in itself takes a while because there's so many different avenues you have to take in order to talk and, you know, exchange information with people who are incarcerated. So we were really actually super thrilled on how Night on the Yard launched. We got the website up, but we are doing a relaunch because just the way it's been operating in the way on the blockchain, I think we're just going to create a system dedicated to accepting bid offers versus creating auctions and timed auctions. So we're looking forward to relaunching next week, actually, and having another Twitter space. So, you know, keep keep out, keep out a lookout for that. <laughs> and then also, you know, after we started and, and kind of like, you know, moving into the, the night in the yard space and kind of finalizing that, I had another nifty gateway drop. And this one was actually really exciting for me because I actually wanted to really study also a lot of like old artists and iconic artists, surrealists, most importantly, the ones who kind of set the stage for people like me. Because I, I, I realized, you know, in high school and in college specifically, I always kind of told myself I was never good at history. You know, I was much more of a math science person, I guess, but you know, English and history were never my, my favorite, or at least I guess my, I don't know, I guess I told myself they weren't, but you know, I was kind of always good, but I, if I really dedicated myself, but anyway, and so reading more and studying more at this age of my life, I'm just much more interested and much more curious in, in so many ways to really understand who these artists were, why they did what they did, how they created and so for my Nifty Gateway drop, I decided to study this artist named Rene Marguerite, really unbelievable surrealist, and he was just just a really great artist, and I really just decided to most importantly give an ode to him and his life and, you know, also highlight the contrast between just how we're living in this age being surrounded by so many icons and legends and, you know, back in the day, I guess, you know, around Rene Marguerite, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we allowed ourselves to really celebrate artists in that time. And so I was kind of really kind of getting at the point of honoring Rene, but also honoring myself and saying, you know, like, we're really living in a time where I'm, I'm, creating and recreating iPhone art in the way that no one has done it before. And it was, it, it did feel like such an honor. And so the collection sold out literally in seven minutes, which was huge. So <laughs> I, I have to say that it was a definite success. Now, after the Nifty Gateway drop, we basically got some more content creation work, which was nice. I say weak because it's like me the content creator and producer and creator, blah, 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 and my management team. So I had a project with Noxzema, which was really cool, you know, like the like drugstore brand that everyone has always known about their whole life. So that was really cool to create content with them and to just kind of like think outside the box a little bit. And I actually came back around for another project that I'm working on right now. So that's actually really amazing. I love when a client comes back. That's literally all you want to 
you all you want as a freelancer. So after that, though, I went to South by Southwest and I spoke at a conference called Create and Cultivate. And it was cool. It was really cool. I spoke on stage with one of the lead women at MasterCard and then I met Shira Lazar, who is also a great friend of mine now, which I'm super happy about, but got a lot of really cool information about just how different, you know, credit cards and people are really thinking about Web3 and how they're thinking about expanding and assisting and helping. And I think that's really cool because they're not just shutting it off. I think there's a huge future in this and it's going to take some time, of course, for things to catch on, but I do believe that, that things are happening. So don't put it off. Just you know, be interested and curious and have an open mind, if I could say any advice, I suppose. But the next project that I worked on was a kickoff for We Create. And We Create was really fun because it was a partnership with Instagram where I was to partner with an agency and a a small business, a small business owned by women specifically, and to create social content for them. So what I did was I really was like inspired by their like handcrafted paddles that they make in Canada. And so what I did was do some stop motion art and that I, I actually have really never done specifically the way that I did it. I cut out all these pieces of paper and like made these really cool stories and things like that. But so I really wanted to like, again, and this is something I always do with projects is just really challenge myself through that process and take an opportunity to do something different. So I was really happy and really proud that I was able to take the mom and daughter of the small businesses story and recreate it in something super special that, that really helped them feel like they were seen, heard, and respected in all their hard work and craft. So thrilled about that project. And so if you want to check it out, I think it's on my website. You can click it and, you know, watch the, all the, the, the creations that I made. But so after that, I did a partnership with Coinbase and Rolling Stone. Again, Rolling Stone reached out or at least Coinbase reached out. I don't remember actually, but it seems like such a partnership at this point, but they had a party in LA, which I was invited to and I attended. And then they are dropping an NFT. Actually, I think it's dropping soon. And this is crazy because this was in like March or April that we started doing this. <laughs> I'm telling you, NFTs take so long. It's kind of nuts. But that was really cool, really amazing to see my artwork embedded into the Rolling Stone logo, which is what they decided to do. So they highlighted a lot of other artists from Dead Fellas to to Imani, who was a great friend of mine. So really thrilled about that and excited about that drop. As, as I said in the opening of the podcast, you know, I just graduated college whoop, whoop, after 13 years of being a proud dropout. But, you know, it's interesting because while I was studying, I was also speaking at Columbia classes as a guest. <laughs> And I was also, you know, talking to them about teaching a class there. There's just so much like funny weirdness, I guess, for me in my mind being like the dropout and then all of a sudden just like coming back and really like absolutely killing it. I had like a hundred in all of my classes, you know, I really was just like really focused while also working a ton of different projects as we've been talking about. So, you know, there's just so much going on, but you can't stop a mind when it's dedicated you know, 
But I also will say I do think like what we talked about in the beginning of this podcast about like creating a, a safe, cozy, wonderful space for yourself to focus. I think that was absolutely crucial and creating boundaries as well, you know, for myself and for others saying, you know, I can't go out at this time. I got to be back home. I got to study. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's and, and remembering that time is quick. Time goes by really quick. And before you know it, you're going to be done. Like you'll be done. Just do it now. Go. So the graduation was great, though. We went to Chicago, and I walked and, you know, celebrated with my family, and then I came right back home because I was <laughs> I was busy. I had so much to do, honestly, and it's crazy because that didn't happen really until, like, May, and I there were so many things on this list that I did before I graduated. <laughs> So I had a airdrop with World of Women, which was amazing. And it's still one of the highest selling NFTs and, and highest like priced NFTs in their airdrop collection right now. So that was amazing. World of Women also collected one of my pieces as well in exchange. So that's nice. What else? So we, uh, whole other project that Sunrise Art Club is also producing, my, my creative agency is, we are launching a profile pic collection of our own because we do feel like it's extremely crucial to allow a woman of color to represent themselves but also to gain more funding for sunrise because we need it we really need it and we really want to just make sure we're accomplishing and elevating and you know holding people accountable we can only do so much with only so little so our pfp launched in march maybe oh my gosh it was nuts and we did like a bunch of like interviews we had like people apply and the interviews went really well and we eventually found our artist and we eventually found our developer and we're really excited to eventually launch within like a couple months finally yeah mm -hmm. it's taken a while i know i know yep since March, we've been working on it. So <laughs> what a life, but we're fine. We're getting there. NFTs are just wild like that, but I'm really, really looking forward to the outcome. So anyway, you know, it's interesting. Once I started getting to like April-ish, I started realizing that New York was inviting me to fashion things. I went to the 15% Gala, which is a gala dedicated to making sure and implementing that at least 15% of high quality stores like Bloomingdale's and Off Saks and whatever the heck everyone shops at for designer things has at least 15% of black designers, black and brown designers. So, you know, it's... It's very important, of course, and I was really thrilled to be there because I met so many people and it was one of my first times walking a red carpet. <laughs> I walked a red carpet and I was on like a best dress list on something, which was super exciting. So I hope to keep being on those things because that would be nice. But after that, you know what? I went to Hawaii. I know everybody says not to go to Hawaii and I went to Hawaii. I didn't realize, I didn't realize what was going on. I didn't, I didn't even know, you know me, I'm very aware, very mindful. I know what's happening. I'm listening all the time, but for some reason I just, I never heard the Hawaii issue until I got there. So I went to Maui and of course, you know, I stayed at a really nice resort got a really good deal actually a year ago because I stayed at another resort somewhere else and then someone called me and said, hey, 
got an amazing deal for you and go to Maui. I'm like, wow, I've never been to Hawaii. I must go. It's so cheap now. I will go. Yes. So we decided to go and I get there and it's just, it's really gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but it is tourist city and people are so rude. People are so strange. People are so odd. And, you know, of course, while I was there, enjoyed myself as much as possible. I really had a wonderful time with Siddhar. We, you know, had a great time. But, you know, at the end of it, I donated to Maui, to conservation. And I did that because I feel like if you go to Hawaii, you should be going for volunteer work. And you should be going to sustain their habitat and their people, which I think is super essential. And through that, I think in that element, you will in turn have a vacation in its in its own right. So you don't have to spend a ton of money. You don't have to, you know, be at a pool and spray, spray yourself with aerosol cans every day. I mean, just like, let's just, let's just help and do our thing. So next time I go back, I that's all I'll be doing is just hanging out, volunteering, the same way I kind of operate in Costa Rica, actually, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I actually, okay, so after that I spoke at, man, this is a long list, y'all. You ready? Are you ready for the, the continuation of this? We're at 29, no, we're at 22 minutes right now. And I am only one third of the way through my list of what I've done since March. <laughs> But I spoke at Afrotech World, which is a digital event created by Afrotech. And I spoke about NFTs, which was super exciting. Helped a lot of people understand NFTs and what you can do and how to utilize it. And I think for me, it's all about not just onboarding people, but keeping people in the space and helping them understand that they have safe spaces to talk and communicate and be themselves and call people out when necessary. So I think it's 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 amazing what Afrotech is doing. And I'm actually speaking at Afrotech Fest in about two months or maybe a month actually from now. So get those tickets, y'all. I think it's in Austin, Texas, which is going to be cool. Love Austin. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I started working on a project with Adobe Photoshop, which is just a great I just always, this is a great partner. I've always loved working with Adobe every time. They always just appreciate me, respect me as an artist. They respect all artists. But we actually created an in-app tutorial for Photoshop of me with the with the giraffes and the moon and, and a waterfall. It's going to be so fun and so cool. You know, when someone get, goes into Photoshop for the first time, and they're like, how do I even use this stuff? That will be one of those. So I'm really, really excited to help people learn Photoshop and kind of be, you know, another face within Adobe besides Premiere Pro. After that, I went to the Met Gala after parties. I did not go to the Met Gala. Okay, I know how that sounded for a second. And I, after I said it, I was like, no, 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 that's not what happened. I wish I went to the Met Gala. We'll get there, y'all. We will. We will. We'll get there. I'm not worried about it. But I went to some after parties and, you know, your girl had to pop out. We had to dress up. And I love a theme. You give me a theme, I will run with it. So this time around was Gilded Glamour. And it was giving, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what I, what I want to say, what the word is. I can't even imagine what, like, you know, British royalty, like, uh, What's that damn show on Netflix? I can't even think about it. If you know it, you probably know it. If you don't, you don't. But you know what I'm talking about. 
So I did my hair, my makeup. I got the dress. I even went to the Halloween store. Everyone's like, where did you get your dress? Oh my God, it's so amazing. And I'm like, the Halloween store? <laughs> These people were getting their dresses by designers and stuff. I'm going to the Halloween section. It was perfect, literally. But I was so, so happy about how it went. And it was so cool. Great to dress up. I felt like, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. So after that, I actually had a partnership with United Airlines, which is just a dream come true, which I still need to really like think about how to utilize that content and those those photos. I really haven't even like mentally or physically or spiritually gotten to the point to really even take in the beauty of Jordan. That's where we went. Went to Amman. We went to a bunch of different places in Jordan, all across, just taking, you know, a bus around and got to see Petra and, you know, just all these un- unbelievable world, globally known, beautiful monuments and things that have just been, you know, etched in time. And so uh, really blessed by United Airlines to be one of the first people to fly to Amman on their airline ever. It's huge. It's a huge opportunity. So thank you, United. But after that, like literally right when I got fr- fr- back from Jordan, I flew to Chicago. I didn't even fly back to New York. I literally flew to Chicago for my college graduation. <laughs> so that's probably also why I didn't just have any time to really like even celebrate my graduation or celebrate Jordan. Because right after I came back from United Airlines, I had like a whole NFT NYC to plan. Sunrise Art Club, my my creative agency, we had our first event we were planning, our first like party, and we had over 400 RSVPs, and we were partnering with this amazing liquor company called Glenmore Orangey, and you know, we got a wonderful opportunity to have an amazing space in New York, right actually next to the Board 8 event. So we were downstairs, they were upstairs. (laughs) We had a few stragglers coming in from the party and I'm like, okay, boy, get out of here. But anyway, you know, (laughs) but it was amazing. Everything went so well. We also had like a gallery event at another spot. Then we did a panel. You know, we, we really just wanted to make sure that we were highlighting as many creators as possible and, you know, just spreading the message of Sunrise Art Club, our impact agency, and, you know, what we're trying to accomplish in the space, which is just impactful and, you know, focus-driven projects and intentional projects that really just want to help the world. Yeah, so after I came, or at least finished NFT NYC and struggled for literally a week, I just like slept all week. I was dead after that. I had a cool opportunity with Cadillac where they featured some of my NFT art in one of their commercials. And granted, I will say to you, and this is between you and I and maybe the world, I don't know who's listening, but, you know, I didn't see my art in the commercial. They paid me for it. We were on a call or whatever. I didn't see my art in there. So maybe I need to look a million more times because I didn't see nothing. But thanks for the check. And then after that, went to a bunch of like galleries dedicated to Virgil Abloh, which is always nice. I went to some like Nike thing uh, where he had all those different shoes that he designed for them, which was really nice and cool to see. Lots of surreal elements to it. See his creativity after he passed, you know, so RIP Virgil. And then what else did I do? 
Man, this list is long. Even I feel like tired talking about myself this damn much. This is exhausting. You're just like, who does this, who does she think she is? Well, I'm me. I don't know. I decided to just do this podcast, I guess. Okay, so after the wonderful galleries from Virgil, you know, I did a talk at Dumbo House, which was nice, at Soho House in Dumbo, and there was some other wonderful artists like Olive Allen, and gosh, my brain is blanking right now for the others, but Olive Allen is a really wonderful NFT artist and icon, truly, so if you look her up, you'll see her amazing art, but that talk went really well, and it sold out, and so many people came, so that was really exciting. What else did I do? Gosh, I went to Costa Rica. Like I said, I was about to touch on this because, you know, when I go anywhere, I try to make sure that I'm doing intentional things. So I actually got an invite from a animal sanctuary that's based in Costa Rica. And they reached out and said, hey, we need our message spread across the globe. Can you help us? And so I went there, stayed for five days, and I learned about their initiative. And they have over a thousand different animals. From cats to dogs to horses to chickens to, like, I, I mean, I fish, like, things, like, everywhere, all types of stuff, bunnies and whatever that needs saving and help in their area. And so, you know, I went to visit and saw some tough things. They need help. They definitely need help, and they're doing a lot of work. And it's crazy because 15 years ago, they started off as a hotel, and eventually had to become an animal sanctuary because people were dropping off animals at their doorstep consistently. So they were building around their hotel to help these animals over the last 15 years, and it's been an unbelievable thing to witness. And so right now, what my creative agency is doing is we are creating an NFT collection for them that will coincide with a membership that people can have to either stay yearly or, you know, for a couple of days or four or five days, and then also have a potential to simply collect a PFP project that's based on the animals that they have at their location. So I really want to help them utilize the blockchain. I really want to see how we can, you know, help them gain some more funding beyond just how they have been operating in the last couple of years, because of course, you know, COVID has made it really difficult for them to accomplish a lot of things that they want to and they've been working really hard on fundraising versus having people stay at the hotel so you know really want to see if I can really help them you know utilize this new space and this new world because that's what it's all about right so oh I actually got so this is a whole other thing I don't know if I've shared this with you but I got signed to an agency called WME which also owns like IMG and all these other things and they actually are, I mean, they're one of the top agencies in the world for uh, representation. And so it's been really exciting to work with them. They offered me the ability to so far speak on a lot of different panels having to do with like fashion and things like that. And been like going to like runway shows and stuff, which has been super exciting because I did tell them like, hey, I want to be more involved with the conversations and, you know, different things involving Web3, but also in fashion because I would love to walk runways one day. I feel like I deserve to be, you know, wearing the latest fashions and things like that for free because if they can, I should. I'm just saying. But anyway, <laughs> that's how I feel. And that's kind of what I see. But anyway, so, you know, they're very helpful and intentional in making that happen. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Because IMG also is one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world. So, 
you never know where we can go when dreams are alive. Now, shout out to Instagram again. You know, they invited me to another Virgil gallery called Black Visionaries at the Brooklyn Museum. And we got to celebrate Virgil again with like amazing like lunch and got to meet like so many amazing black creators and just always so thrilled that Instagram is being a lot more intentional in their creator space and creating more black opportunities. So they had a huge grant for a bunch, a bunch of money for people and artists and creators to apply for. And I think it may still be going on until October. I'd look it up, Instagram, Black Visionaries. If you are a black creator or a black business owner, you know, check it out and see what kind of money is possible. Also, I went to my first play. I went to go see Macbeth in Broadway. It was amazing. And it was so crazy because I got to see one of my favorite actors, Daniel Craig from 007. Definitely a boss, definitely a really, really cool thing to watch. Also, Ruth Nago was there, really like Irish woman. You're Irish! I'm Irish too, so I can make I can make fun of it, I guess. But no, she was amazing. Everyone was wonderful. And, you know, I think I'm addicted to plays now. I want to go to Broadway every chance I get. And I also would like to be on Broadway. You know, I took a class at Second City, but it wasn't for... It wasn't for TV, I don't think. I think it was for, like, Broadway. Or no, it was for TV. I think it was for, like, TV acting. I don't know. Either way, I want to do some acting. And I need to go back to Second City to do some classes because I have so much to learn. I was not that good, y'all. I mean, I had the, like, vision, but I didn't have the practice. And I think that was the unfortunate part. You really have to practice when it comes to acting. You have to lock into the character and you have to know them. You have to study them like a crazy person. I don't have the ability. I don't have the time. I don't. Not right now, at least. <laughs> all right, all right. We're getting close to the end now, people. And I am th just as thrilled as you are. I promise. I promise. Have you ever heard of a 4DX movie? 4DX? I went to my first 4DX movie. Super interesting. If you haven't heard about what 4DX is, it is basically like a a, a, a seat that you sit in while you watch a movie. And it blows air at you, it blows water at you, it shakes, it moves around, and it also has things in the back of it. So for example, I was watching Thor in the theaters at 4DX, and Thor stabbed someone, or someone was stabbed, something happened with the stabbing, and I felt the stabbing in my back. Yes, I did. I felt it. It was crazy. It was wild. Interesting. I actually thought it was an interesting way to watch a movie. Now, granted, not every movie is going to be in 4DX because it has to be made specifically for that, but I would probably do it again. Although, I would not probably keep the water on. The water actually sprays from the top. It's a little strange, a little wet, a little... Not my favorite. So... After I went to the 4DX realm, just kidding, you know, Sunrise Art Club, my creative agency, were always working on really fun things. So we found out that there was an event called NFT Oakland that was happening in partnership with Zoratopia. And so we decided to create an airdrop partnership with an artist to airdrop a free NFT to a lot of the people who were being onboarded in that space. So we partnered with an Oakland artist to create a fun airdrop 
inspired by Sunrise Art Club. And so we airdropped that to the people who signed up and we were thrilled on how it went. It was super successful. We got a bunch of new people interested in Sunrise and I think we even made some Sunrise sales, which is always successful. And same with NFT NYC. That was very successful. I'm really glad how that went because we did make a lot of sales then as well. So during August, which was really exciting, me and Sadar, that's Trash Hand, by the way. I keep saying Sadar. If you don't know who Trash Hand is, that's my boyfriend of 11 years. We, and we also have a podcast together, so check that out and, you know, check out our story. I love that story. It's one of my, one of my favorite interviews I've ever done in my life. Uh, but we went to Cedar Point in Ohio because it was right in the middle of us going to Wisconsin to camp with my dad. We always camp and go canoeing with my dad. We've been doing that for years. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So we kept the kept the tradition alive. But on the way there, we decided to go to Cedar Point, which is a amusement park. And it's one of the biggest amusement parks because it has some of the fastest, highest, craziest roller coasters you can possibly find. So we did them all, you know, twice, three times even. I had such a great time. It was unbelievable because it rained like the whole day before and then it rained in the morning and it kind of set us up for the park to be kind of empty. Granted, we were a little worried. We're like, oh shit, our day's going to be destroyed. But it was literally perfect, 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 perfect. But then after that, we went camping with my dad, my stepmom, my brother, and his girlfriend in the middle of this amazing cabin in Wisconsin. And we actually saw a black bear. We saw a black bear, yep. While me and Sadar were driving to the cabin, we were driving on the road, and a black bear just like ran across the road. And we were the only ones on the road. We looked around, and we were just like, did that really just happen? That was crazy. So that was really cool to see it in its element and to, you know, that's what we're there for. Let's let's canoe. Let's see some animals. Let's let's be in the thick of it. Granted, of course, just be safe while you do it. But that was so nice. Such a such a amazing time to always get away and catch up and just relax. But then after that, came back home, of course, dedicated to Sunrise Art Club and all the things we do. So we had an amazing Twitter space dedicated to highlighting a bunch of artists that we purchased NFTs from. So we had a Sunrise Purchase Program that uh, people could apply to, and so we did a voting with our Sunrise holders to decide which NFTs we wanted to collect. So the Purchase Program went really well. We collected a bunch of different artists from Africa, which was really interesting and amazing, but you know, most of them were from Africa, and so a lot of their art was just so good, man. I think, and I've been seeing, you know, some issues, especially in Web3 on how, you know, consistently the same white guy wins, you know, and, and how there's always this stigma about how African artists I, apparently in Web3 aren't good at drawing or creating. Well, that's a lie because we have the proof. And so we were super proud to highlight them, to talk with them, to provide them funding, you know, to collect their NFTs. And, you know, that's what Sunrise is all about is just seeing seeing what's going on and finding a solution and being that solution. So I'm happy. I'm proud always. After that, shout out to Apple for seeing your girl because I'm wearing an Apple watch right now that was gifted to me by them. I also have the new iPhone 14 Pro Max right in front of me gifted by them. I have an iPad Pro over here and a bunch of other things. Very blessed and very, you know, happy that I've dedicated the last 
more than a decade to them, being very loyal to them. You know, I've, I've wavered maybe a couple times. I did a project with Samsung back in like 2012, 2013, but you know, they see me. And so I got invited to this Apple swing event where we learned how to play tennis and they gifted me a tennis racket. And I've just been like obsessed with playing tennis actually. And I, now that I say that out loud, I haven't played in like a couple weeks. I'm about to tell Sadar actually right after this, we need to play a game on Saturday. That would be so fun. But I learned about like all these different things that you can utilize the Apple Watch with to play tennis. So we've been just like tracking our swings, tracking our practice and things like that, which is always fun. And then I had like a one-on-one Apple session with them when the phone dropped as well, where they showed me everything and, you know, kind of came to the conclusion on which phone I wanted. And yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. I'm so happy. I feel thrilled. So... After that, I did a talk at Spring Studios with NFT Now. And NFT Now, if you haven't heard of them, they're a great initiative really to highlight artists and to have more conversations surrounding NFTs. And so I had this amazing talk at Spring Studios, which kind of like went viral a little bit, I guess, because Matt, uh, one of the founders at NFT Now, asked me specifically, you know, what do you think about royalties? And why are certain platforms not giving creators royalties? And I'm just like, first of all, royalties are the they're they're the they're the epitome of what blockchain is about. I mean, when you have a conversations of not giving someone a royalty, it's just kind of like, why not? We have the coding, we have the funding, we have the easeability because people have consistently over time says, well, we don't have the sources, we don't have you know, we we can't keep up. It's too much paperwork. Well, we don't need paperwork. (laughs) But of course, I simplified it in that way. There were so many people who were like, oh, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Of course, it's not that easy. I know that myself, even at Sunrise Art Club. We specifically have a situation where when we work with airdrop artists, it's hard for us to give them royalties when we pay them up front. Of course, we, we pay them up front to commission the artwork from them. But the hard part about having royalties within the system and how we operate is that it's based on contract and not marketplace. So marketplaces have the ability to give artists royalties very, very easily. That's not a problem. The problem is, is like when you have a contract made on like airdrops and we have like a sunrise times or sunrise collabs contract or whatever where we airdrop people right and so within that contract there's only a stipulation that we get 10 percent of every sale sunrise gets that so we don't get that our operation like me as an artist or you know my developer or anything it goes straight back to our funding to give back to other artists so the way that we operate is not so much that you know we don't want to give the artist royalties it's just so much that when you partner with us to be an airdrop artist you are agreeing that you are also giving back to the community and making sure that your artwork is funding those who need funding as well, just the way that you needed it. So it's kind of like a pay it forward initiative in some way, but there's a difficulty, I guess, in when you operate on that contractual element that you can't create separate royalties. So anyway, I know stuff. I know things. I see, I know everything that these people are saying, but anyway... So after all of that, we've been planning a Paris trip. I say we because it's me, 
and about 20-something other friends in a group chat, and we decided to go to Bordeaux, France. Only 13 of us ended up going, but there's a lot more people in the chat, but 13 of us went to Bordeaux, Paris. We rented an Airbnb, a house, and stayed there and lived our best freaking life. It was the best week I've had in a very long time, especially with a large group of people. We all met in a Twitter group chat years ago, like 2016. And, you know, ever since then, we've just grown together. You know, we've seen crazy things. We've seen amazing things. People have gotten together. People have broken up within the chat. You know, people have left. People have joined. It's just been such an amazing, weird, crazy thing. And it's cool because everyone does different jobs and is creative in different ways and successful and skilled in many different ways from musicians to creatives to business people to, you know, all across the board and many different ages too. So it was so, so cool to see us all come together finally after being friends for so many years and, you know, celebrating in Bordeaux and then going to Paris right after to kind of shop and get to learn each other and, you know, really celebrate life. And I had a great time. So I still also need to post all of my photos and my stuff. I haven't even, I have not even gotten there either. (laughs) Because right when I got back from Paris, it was New York Fashion Week. And I was on like three panels And I got invited to like 10 shows. And mind you, let me just say this. If you go to New York Fashion Week, you need to make sure that you're staying in Manhattan. Because there is no reason to be in Brooklyn having to take a car. And you have to take a car because you're wearing all these different outfits. Like you're not going to be on the train wearing like all of your most expensive, coolest, most extravagant things to show off at these shows right? So I get in these cars and it's taking me an hour. It's taking me like an hour and a half even to get to anywhere because of the traffic, because of just like from Brooklyn to Manhattan, just like the whole theatrics of it all. So that was my one hang up is just going to so many different things and living in Brooklyn and also not realizing how difficult that would be was, was, was a huge learning curve. But had an amazing time. I spoke on a panel, like literally, like the first day I got back. And we talked about like fashion, NFTs and Web3. And then I went to Brandon Maxwell's show. I went to another show. I can't remember the artist's name right now, but it was amazing. But, you know, shout out to MoonPay, shout out to Instagram, shout out to Afterpay, shout out to WME for, you know, putting your girl on for all those things. Because that was just a really great opportunity for for me to to really be at all of those things and to really see how all those things operate. You know, I don't know stuff. I go in just thinking I know things and just learn along the way. And there's a lot I didn't know. And I next time I'm going to be showing up early as shit. And also, not wearing heels, it's not smart. No, just be comfortable because there's a lot of motion, a lot of movement, a lot of walking. Just be comfy. And also consider like what season is showing, you know, not just, just because it's happening in a certain season doesn't mean it's showing that season. Your girl's learning things. Anyway, two more things, you guys, two more things. Oh my God. Are we going on an hour? This is insane. I don't think this is safe. Okay. So two more things. Okay. So I just had a drop with the Chicago Bulls and Coinbase. We had an NFT drop and my art actually sold for... Like 2000, which is amazing. It was this illustration of a little sunrise character, a little kid. 
at a basketball game. You can look it up on my Instagram. I posted it, but just really an ode to like, you know, watching TV in the 90s and being with my dad and watching basketball and, you know, going to games and just feeling little and, you know, with that, that kind of mentality and excited. So I named it High Fives, High Hopes. And it went really well. Yeah. I was so happy. One of the, one of the you know, highlights of the year for sure. I always love working with the Bulls because they're just so iconic, you know? They're just so cool. Come on. Like I, when I was in Paris, there was Bulls gear everywhere because they're just, they're, they are basketball. Like it is. It's like a fashion staple, it, you know? It, it's wild how, it, how they are. But, but last but not least, we just wrapped this amazing project literally on Sunday. And it's Wednesday right now. So we're all caught up. But my creative agency, again, was working on this amazing initiative called Bloom in partnership with Free Root and Eva Marie in Chicago. And we basically funded this project and produced it. And I say we, me and Hetsy. Hetsy is my best friend and my project manager and my partner, co-founder, helper in anything with Sunrise. But we had this amazing initiative, this this amazing day that we created for older women to have self-care and self-love and, and feel heard and be seen and have a photo shoot day, get their hair done, get styled, you know, get fed and all the works, get their makeup done. And so we had an amazing day. They felt so good. They felt so happy. And most importantly, these women are affected by gun violence. You know, they, they've had to really be strong for everybody and to show up and to always support and be, you know, the rock in the family. And it's sometimes we especially as black women, you really feel like you have to do everything yourself because, you know, asking for help in many ways is, it. I don't know, there's just this weird, you know, systemic trauma to that. But, you know, they all said that they just felt so seen and blessed and heard and Eva was able to give them free shoes and, I don't know, it was just such a success. So really, really thrilled on how that went. And we'll be doing some recaps as well and also really grateful for South Facing Windows. Shout out to Nola, shout out to Alina, shout out to Michael in Chicago for lending us the space. We're just still so, so grateful because we couldn't have done it without your space at all. Well, you guys, we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Oh my God, we did it. As I always say at the end of my podcast, you know, I gotta say, it's always such a blessing to know that you, you stayed to the end with me, that you took the time to listen to, you know, just care because that really means a lot and it always has meant a lot so thank you for taking your time to spend time with me to listen to what I've done and share with me you know hit me on twitter let me know what you're up to let me know that you listened and you know I'll listen to you so keep being amazing keep being great and thank you again for listening take care and we'll chat soon bye-bye